By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, uh, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And uh, through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Um, Those verses um, about Abel. And then if you'll turn back into Genesis chapter 4, we get the background really to um, what we've just read in Hebrews 4, uh, verses uh, 1 to 12. Hebrews chapter 4, 1 to 12. Excuse me, Genesis chapter 4, uh, 4 1 to 12. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock, of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was, was angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, faith is crouching at the door. It desires, uh, is contrary to you, and you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said to him, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground... It will no longer yield its strength. You'll be a fugitive and a wanderer on earth. <clears throat> well, we um, we're looking first at um, the gift. Do we have this up, up, Stephen? Do we have this somewhere? I think it, I think it was prepared. So maybe you can find it. It's a PowerPoint. Search around in that computer up there. But uh, we're looking first at the gift and, um, and really the, the wrong offering. Uh, because Genesis 4, verse 3, tells us that in the course of time, literally uh, in the end of days, it might have been well to have kept it that way, in the end of days, uh, Cain brought to God an offering. In other words, at the end of the week, 
uh, at the end of the days, at the end of the week, on the Sabbath day, which God had already established um, after the fall with Adam and Eve um, as a day set aside to worship him. On that day um, <clears throat> of, of worship, Cain brought an offering to God and so did his brother Abel. For Adam and Eve had taught their sons to formally worship God and so they approached, uh, they approached with the prescribed offerings. But Hebrews 11 tells us something about the nature of that offering when we read that by faith, Abel offered God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, by which we're to understand that the offering that God required and with which he was pleased was a sacrificial offering, an offering that had been sacrificed. But Cain, we're told, brought an offering of the fruit of the ground, and that was a problem. Abel's offering was more acceptable because it was the offering that God required. It was a bloody sacrificial offering. And how do we know that? Well, we know that by looking back in Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, which is, is really one of the most revealing and sorrowful chapters of all the Bible, uh, we have <clears throat> the account of the rebellion of Adam and Eve, uh, Cain and Abel's parents. Um, God, um, and we're told um, uh, that, of course, they they sinned against the Lord. And God was certainly under no obligation to forgive our first parents. They had deliberately, knowingly disobeyed God, not simply breaking a rule. I think sometimes people think, well, they broke a little rule. But it was, of course, much more than that. They were, in breaking that rule, they were seeking to supplant God. They were pushing God out of their lives. They were trying to run their own lives their own way without God. Uh, rebelling and rejecting his rule over their lives. Um, they were throwing off the whole law and they were saying, no, I will decide myself how I want to live. And we hear echoes of that all the time, don't we? You might even say that they <clears throat> wanted to throw God out of the garden uh, to erase the creator-creature distinction that he had established in creating them. What's most amazing and what's most remarkable in Genesis 3 should not be the wicked rebellion of an Adam and Eve. We can, that we can understand. We, uh, we do that every day. But rather, it's the breathtaking mercy and provision uh, that God made in, in saving them through a Redeemer. Because Genesis uh, 3.15, the sort of Ur promise um, uh, was, uh, of what was to come, we're told there that uh, the seed of the woman uh, would arise to crush the head of the serpent, which, of course, is the first reference to our Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior, who, who would crush Satan in defeat. Uh, in Genesis 3, then, uh, now, uh, that was yet to come, you see, here in Genesis 3, but, but God does do something very significant then. Um, in 3.21, we're told the Lord made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. Um, God provided for the sin of Adam and Eve by slaying an innocent animal which had never yet been done and covering them with its skin. Now, brothers and sisters, do you understand or guess the meaning of that deliberate gesture on the part of the Lord God? That animal stood as a, um, as a substitute. There we go. Um, 
that animal stood as a substitute for Adam and Eve. It was slain in their place. For, for they were the ones that deserved to be slain. God had clearly warned them regarding the forbidden fruit. On the day you eat of it, you will die. And die they surely would have had God not prepared a bloody sacrifice in their place. Um, that animal was given uh, for them and for which uh, they were, as it were, covered. It was, a, it was a picture, it was a stand-in for the Lord, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, whose shed blood, uh, was, blood was shed on the cross. It, remember, it was never the sacrificial animals of the Old Testament that saved anyone. Um, it, it was not that, it, it, or covered their sin. It was Christ uh, the sac- and his sacrificial death which these animal sacrifices, of which they were only a, a, a type and a shadow and a promise of the real thing that was to come and which did come with the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shed his blood for the sin of the world. Um, so that, that's the great meaning and purpose of the cross, the place where, where Christ offered himself up as a substitute for sin and fulfilled the promise and the picture of Genesis uh, 321, that is the covering of Adam and Eve with the skin of a sacrificed animal. And that is why Abel's sacrifice would have been uh, a blood sacrifice and, and, and doubtless one of his own lambs, for he was a keeper of sheep. And that was more acceptable to God than Abel's vegetable offering. For it says in uh, Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Now, there was, uh, later on in the Mosaic period, a place for vegetable offerings to God, but they were subsidiary and they were never offered on the main altar of sacrifice. They were typically um, um, fellowship offerings and thank offerings. It seems clear uh, that the offering appropriate for Cain and Abel was a bloody offering, which Cain failed to give, which Cain refused to give. Um, so let's see if we can move on with this. Um, can you press the button and make it go? Or wait a minute, it's because I don't... Hold on. There we go. There we go. Wrong offering. Um, second point. Um, <clears throat> don't we all know, as we think of all this, that, that everything in the world, um, everyone in the world, uh, in the end, will either follow the way of Cain, preferring their own way uh, to God, or they will accept God's provision in the Lord Jesus Christ. Unbelievers like Cain, who are angry at God and angry at, at his righteous brother Abel, uh, so in like manner, um, unbelievers of every age are deeply offended by the idea that they cannot dictate terms to God. They cannot, ex- they cannot uh, ex- expect to be acceptable by God on their own terms, as it were, with their own offerings. People will become irate at the suggestion that God may be approached only through the Lord Jesus Christ. One way people find that very hard to, uh, to receive these days. Um, the right standing with God, good favor with God in heaven requires submission to His Son and His salvation Uh, And they dismiss Jesus' words when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Or, uh, in the words of the Apostle Peter, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven 
given among by men, uh, given among men by which we must be saved. You must, uh, you may say, writes Richard Phillips, you're coming to God by any number of ways. You may be confident of coming to Christ because of your sincere heart. Uh, you may be confident of coming to God. Uh, you may say that your religion is based on your good works. You may trust the sacraments or religious uh, traditions or church membership. But apart from the blood of Christ Jesus, all these will be rejected like Cain's offering because they come not by faith in the way God has provided. You'll hear people say, oh, I believe in God, as if that was some great accomplishment and condescension on their part. Uh, it's not enough to simply believe in God, even, <coughs> excuse me, even the God of the Bible. Uh, only Jesus saves only the atoning blood of Christ is sufficient for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, the faith that saved Abel and made him a righteous man was not faith in, himse in himself. It was a submissive faith in the bloody sacrifice which God had prescribed as a means of acceptable worship. And that's what every one of us needs as well. Well, let's look um, at um, Cain and what do we see? I think what we see in Cain um, is a man who tried to fulfill what he regarded as a religious duty the quickest and easiest uh, way he possibly could. He showed up to worship God because he knew that the old man, Adam, expected it of him. Uh, and perhaps he did it out of fear and obligation. And uh, sometimes young people will will sort of be dragged to church and, and they think, well, you know, my parents demand it. And uh, they have that very bad attitude. Um, uh, <clears throat> there had to be an offering. Uh, couldn't come empty-handed. So he brought wh whatever he had on hand, some vegetables, knowing full well they were not what God had prescribed, but so what? They were good enough. Aren't my vegetables good enough? Abel, uh, Abel brings a lamb for me. God is going to have to take some vegetables. I have good vegetables. Well, God called him on it. God rejected his offering and rejected especially the attitude and heart with which they were offered. Um, look in, uh, in verse 6, Genesis 4, 6. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? If you do good, will you not be accepted? And if you do not uh, do well, then sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. And, and notice how Cain reacts to that. He reacts in anger. Uh, in fact, he, the text tells us that he was very angry and his face was downcast. Doesn't that prove the point? Doesn't it prove that it was not simply an innocent mistake? Oh, you know, I should have brought something else. Uh, he knew that it was not only his offering, but his attitude that God was rejecting. And that's why he was angry. He was self-righteous, not faithful. Uh, to have exercised faith at that moment would have meant for him to swallow his pride and repent of his bad attitude and at least repent of his, of his, of his carelessness. But it takes faith to do that, uh, to swallow your pride and, and to be willing to repent, doesn't it? Uh, it would have taken faith uh, to know that God loved him. And God was confronting him. It was a mercy that God confronted him. God could have just left him. And, but he did, and he corrected him. 
out of love and, and he would have forgiven him. But, but Cain had no such faith. He did not have a saving relationship with God. And so he takes uh, God's warning in sullen silence. It only serves to harden his heart further. And then what does he do? He takes his anger out on what I call this morning his goody-goody brother, um, you know, who did everything right, who showed him up. And, um, and against him, his, his righteous anger burns. It burns until it gets to the point that when he premeditatedly invites his brother out into the field and murders him. Now, that's my interpretation of, of verse 8. It may be that Cain had not specifically intended to murder his brother when he asked him out to that field, but um, I think it appears otherwise. And, and then there's this second confrontation uh, by God. And this time, um, he's not, uh, Cain is, is, is not silent. Now, there is open denial. Now, there's a refusal to accept uh, responsibility. God says, uh, where's your brother? And, uh, and Cain says, what do I know about my brother? You know. <laughs> but, but God sees right through it. Because we're told that Abel's blood is crying out to God from the ground. The blood of an innocent saint, a Christian whom God represents, is crying out to him. That's a very interesting remark, isn't it? Does the blood of all the saints that have been unjustly shed cry out uh, from the ground to God today? Does the, the blood of the unborn uh, murdered in abortion cry out to God? Um, well, at any rate, uh, you can see my point that this is, there's a great difference between these two men. Perhaps we might even say uh, that the difference in the offering is only symptomatic of the difference of the heart. Cain was an unredeemed sinner and his worship, his offering, his attitude toward God proves it. But it's very different uh, with Abel. Hebrews 11.4, coming back to our text, says, By faith, Abel offered God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. Through which he was commended as righteous. Um, Matthew 23:35 speaks of the, the blood of righteous Abel. Now, how was Abel made righteous? Well, the answer is very simple, through faith. Hebrews 11:4 it says, "By faith, Abel offered to God a more sac- acceptable sacrifice." Now, what is more central to the Bible than the doctrine of justification by faith? Abel was a lost sinner like his brother Cain. And his, and his parents, Adam and Eve. But he obediently offered up the right prescribed sacrifice that, that spoke of his faith, that spoke of what needed to happen. What did he understand about the cross? We don't know, but he understood that this is what God required of him. And, and perhaps he saw it as a, as a way of, 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 of being forgiven, as a way of, of uh, redemption. Um, he obediently offers it up. And trusting in the Lord and his mercy and his love would find it pleasing. Uh, for that act and that attitude of faith, he was declared righteous. Uh, to say that Abel was uh, commended or named as righteous is to say that the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, the sacrificed one, the Lamb of God, was imputed or credited to him. 
Just as God covered Adam and Eve with the skins of slain animals, so Abel, who reaches out to God with hands of obedient faith, trusting in his Lord and the mercy of God, is covered with the blood of Christ, is covered with the perfect record and receives the righteousness of Christ. In Abel, we have a man of faith. Abel was willing to humble himself uh, to worship God. He, he brought the best of his flocks, who were, after all, the flocks that God had provided him, and he sacrificed to them, uh, to the Lord, in a simple act of faith. In faith and loving trust, he submitted uh, to God. Uh, justification by faith requires that for us to come and submit to God in humble obedience uh, with the heart of Abel and not with the heart of Cain. That's why, to quote again from Richard Phillips, that's why uh, God said to Cain, why do you have, not, have you not come uh, in the way I've graciously provided? Uh, God's offers each one of us, God offers all of us salvation and forgiveness of sins and restoration and to fellowship with him through the, the sacrifice that he's provided, even the blood of his own son. Now, <clears throat> there's one last thing. Hebrews 11 also tells us of Abel uh, that, quote, through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Now, how is that? How does Abel still speak to us through his faith? I believe that he reminds us that, um, that true and pleasing worship is something that we do the right way with the right heart. He reminds us that a faithful and thereby acceptable offering to God comes from a heart of faith. Um, Abel bears testimony to the importance of faith in our lives for each one of us. Shall we, shall we be numbered uh, uh, in the line of Cain by fighting off God day by day and rejecting Christ and his righteousness? Or will we turn in faith and trust in Christ as our Savior and be numbered among, in the faithful line of Abel? And will we do that every day? Will every day we, we will we'll, we'll turn away from that heart of Cain and, and take the heart of Abel? Uh, the anger... And, and the defensiveness exhibited by Cain when confronted with his failings should be a red flag, should be a warning signal to us also when we see that pushback that we might have against, against the Lord and, and against obedience to the Lord and following the Lord and, and doing what we know is right. Um, it's really hard, isn't it, to face up to your sin when you see it face to face. It's our natural reaction to become immediately defensive and deny it or shift it or blame it on somebody else. Uh, uh, that takes faith. Um, it takes faith. The, the moment, in the moment of confrontation, when Cain was faced with his sin, he was faced at that moment with a choice. And the choice was, would he buckle under and admit his failure and seek God's forgiveness or not. And that's the same moment that you and I know. We are all, uh, we've all experienced that, that moment of exposure of the flesh 
when, and when the flesh seems so powerful and so encompassing and, and we want to stand on our own righteousness and establish our own righteousness instead of falling before the Lord and receiving His righteousness that covers all things. Instead of reaching out with hands of faith and by the grace of God, confessing our sins and seeking God's face again. After rebuking Cain for his offering and his attitude, God says to him, let's say it again, why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? And, uh, and you must do well. Well, you and I have a responsibility to, to be people of faith. Um, if you're living badly or rebelliously or hardening your heart to God, you must repent of it and turn in faith to Christ and ask him to give you a better attitude that will be pleasing to him. And casting yourself on Christ. The, the God who created the universe with a word has the power to change hearts. Uh, the hearts of children and the hearts of parents and the hearts of friends and, and neighbors. Um, and that, I believe, is the message of this text. That's how uh, the faith of Abel still speaks to us today. Uh, that the righteous shall live by faith. And that's how you and I must distinguish ourselves as the godly seed and the elect of God. Let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you for this um, <clears throat> reminder of this glorious saint, one who, who had so much less than we have in the way of, of the gospel, Lord. What did he understand? But by your grace, he, uh, he did the right thing. We thank you for Abel. We thank you that he, he, um, he knew... Uh, to worship you. He, he knew uh, to please you through the means that you had provided for him. And we know that means. We know uh, that we too need every day to cast ourselves upon Christ and be covered with his blood and forgiveness. To walk that way of faith and that way of pleasure. Uh, bless, um, bless us as we as seek to do that each day. In Jesus' name, amen.